Today we have a special guest who will share some aspects of environmental engineering and her life as an international student after the beat. Um, good morning fellow listeners, um, I'm not sure if you are listening this in the morning or in the afternoon or even in the evening But yeah, good morning um, Some of you might be listening to this episode on a train So I hope that you won't forget to alight your stop, at your stop uh, Anyway, I'm Galvin and I'm your only host for this podcast Today in the studio, <laughs> I'm kidding, I, I can't afford a studio But today in the podcast, uh, we have someone who is from environmental engineering Interestingly she has her own YouTube channel called Sure.Ventures, right? So would you want to say hi to the listeners and give some background of you and your YouTube channel? Hi everyone, I'm Cheryl. I'm an environmental engineering student. Mm-hmm. I will be going into year three this coming semester and I yeah. currently stay in PGPR. So like Galvin mentioned, I do have my own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I actually started uh, my YouTube channel, which was back in 2019, was because it was during the pandemic and I felt like I was very down and I wanted to do something to, to help. Release, uh, release yourself, release some emotions, is it? I wanted to help. To help other, what? Pe- other people. Oh, like like in what way? <laughs> like, because I actually started my... Wait, is this part of the podcast? Are you yeah, asking me? Yeah, it is, it is. I mean, oh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm so confused. Okay, okay. So any question you ask is about for the podcast, is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, any, okay, okay. Like, like I thought we, you were we like... started off. rolling. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me start again. So I wanted to help other students uh-huh. that are coming into NUS because mm. when I first applied to NUS, I felt like there wasn't much information out there, especially mm. um, with regards to the scholarships. Yeah. So I started my YouTube channel in hopes to tackle that. But over time, I actually found a liking to doing like daily vlogs or mm-hmm. like just recording and documenting my life, mm-hmm. which is why there's like two parts to my YouTube channel, one informational um, side of it. And mm-hmm. then the other is more of a show my life to... The world. YouTube, yeah. yeah. I, I guess we have the same mindset, like in the sense, just that I'm doing a podcast, but you're doing a YouTube channel. Okay, I have one question for you, right? Why is it called Show Ventures? Right. So Sure is actually your, your name, the right? front, yeah, the yeah. front half of my name, Cheryl Sure, mm. and I was kind of like contemplating what to add, like what what would sound catchy, and mm-hmm. I wanted to make the channel about like adventures yeah like um, me going on adventures that sort mm-hmm. of thing so i thought why not share and ventures together but why not adventure oh that's actually quite smart <laughs> i might i might consider that <laughs> when i rebrand myself yeah so i'm actually looking to like rebrand it or mm. at least have a more targeted focus because right mm. now i feel like a lot of my videos are all over the place like there's not mm. much um, there's not Focus much. On it, yeah, like, like, on like the audience, like we. There's not ideas, much ideas. like structure to it yet. Mm. It was a very when I started, it was like an impulse decision. Mm-hmm. So I just continued and continued, but I didn't really like sit down and think about how I want to uh, move forward with my channel. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's come back to the. Let's not digress too much, like Okay, so so please check check her YouTube channel. Uh, that will yes, be sure. That will be C H E R dot ventures, ventures yes, right correct so the, the first question 
usually people ask um, about environmental engineering is what what is environmental engineering about? Okay, so environmental engineering is a branch of engineering. So mm-hmm. we actually are under the civil and environmental engineering faculty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, it's actually a specialization within the civil engineering major itself. Um, it's a much specialized yeah. one. Actually, we, we kind of like touch about it in the civil eng. Yeah. So previously, a lot of civil engineering students can take sort of like a minor mm. that covers um, several modules in environmental mm. um, studies or like environmental engineering per se. Yeah. yeah but now it's uh, sort of like a branched out major itself. Mm. So what we do, we focus on the study of the element that mm-hmm. encompasses and or can potentially affect the environment. Mm-hmm. So I broadly categorize the four factors as air, water, energy and waste because okay. that's what like I feel is the crux of environmental yeah. engineering. What we do is basically learn about the fundamental concepts or also known as theoretical knowledge about mm-hmm. these topics and then we extend into assessment tech Techniques, monitoring, remediation, as well as technologies that can mm. help improve whatever that is causing the pollution in mm. the environment. Okay. Uh, so, uh, can you give an example of like what do you usually learn in your environmental engineering modules? Right, what do you learn? Do you learn more of physics or more of bio? I think. We learn a lot about chemistry. We oh, really? Need, yeah, it's chemistry. Oh, oh that's so surprising. So I've only done maybe one biology-related module. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Environmental Microbiological Processes or okay. something like that. Um, it's we, interesting. We basically learn about microbiology. So mm. that's the first biology module that I encountered in, in environmental mm. engineering. Yeah, but mostly we do chemistry and physics. Chemistry more on the like chemical equations or the chemical processes mm-hmm. like rusting, weathering and whatnot. Mm, that physics makes sense. yeah. Physics we cover the hydraulic section and um, more for the technologies that we use. So like we need to measure the flow rate and mm-hmm. all of those physicky <laughs> <laughs> yeah concepts. Yeah. Okay. So um can can you describe your course right in one word, let's say what would you say to Someone who doesn't know about en- environmental engineering, how would you describe your course in one word? Uh, okay, so for general public, when mm-hmm. I mention that I'm environmental engineering, mm. the first word that they think is green okay. or sustainability. Mm. While that is very true, there like environmental engineering has some sort of element to sustainability or green. We actually focus more on the how and what to kind of combat or tackle the factors that potentially contribute to pollution mm-hmm. rather than the whole movement of green green and sustainability. Oh, so, yeah. so it's... I mean, in layman's term, is it correct to say that environmental engineering is about the cure rather than the prevention? Hey, I sorry, think... I right. think it encompasses both. both, yeah. But if you were to look at it, just imagine sustainability as mm. the core and environmental engineering would be sort of like a subset of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess we would be the ones that like 
ultimately all our efforts is centered around the fact that we want to maintain or like promote sustainability mm-hmm. but we are not so much concerned about the promotion of sustainability mm, so sense. so it, you yeah. fo- environmental engineering focuses more on how to remove the pollution that has that someone has created yeah sort of or how to prevent it in the mm. first place by using um, engineering techniques or technologies mm. yeah talking about all of this uh, what en- environmental engineering is about, right? What do you think are some possible prospects of an, an environmental engineer ring student? Yeah, what, what do you think are some prospects of it? So for career-wise, mm. I can broadly categorize it or look at it from two perspectives. Okay. Um, one is if you're interested in more corporate work, you can definitely be managers or consultants. In, in what way? Like what do they do? In, okay, so consultants are basically people who are given, say, a problem to mm-hmm. solve and they look for solutions. So, uh, so one very common example is, for example, like case studies. Okay. So basically, consultants are constantly solving case studies in the mm. whole environmental Sounds like a- yeah, Sounds like a Silver Edge consultant yeah. agency. Wait, wait, let me recall. Agency, consultant, and... What was the other one? Oh, co- contractor. Yeah, correct. Is it the same, same uh, it's thing? It's very similar, yeah. So broadly, most engineering consultants kind of function the same way in mm. a sense. Like they have similar job scope, but maybe in different fields. Mm. Okay, then what about manager? You mentioned about manager, right? Right, so managers are the ones who kind of oversee the environmental sustainability of like the company or mm-hmm. whatever the workplace is or like the business processes. Mm. Usually consultants and managers work hand in hand mm-hmm. in a sense that managers might be the ones being employed by the specific company mm-hmm. whereas consultants are like the uh, another external company. external party that's engaged okay. by this company to mm. solve their problems, yes. Okay. So you can, is it correct to say that managers are like the bridge between the consultant and the firm? Yes, um, in a way. So yeah, correct. Okay. So what about in the academia side, right? Yes, correct. So in academia, we can potentially become researchers. Mm. Um, A lot of people continue on their master's and PhD and venture into research. Adventure. Venture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always just a journey. Mm. Mm. So is there any other job scopes that people who is not in environmental engineering won't think about? Won't think about... I guess in... I guess... Okay, so environmental engineers can mm. also venture into like finance industry, banking okay. industries. So I've actually heard of certain cases where they go into the banking or finance industry because they are involved in like the investment side of it. Mm. Um, when banks give out loans or yeah, give out loans or invest mm-hmm. into certain businesses, they need people to check on the environment like aspect of it yeah and ensure that the business is actually sustainable in terms of like environmental mm. factors yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry the the grass cutter what do you call it but yeah yeah okay so now. basically what happens is that the bank might have a list of criterias that mm. they must have like the loan appliers must have in order to be dispensed the loan mm. yeah so I wouldn't say they must be environmentally friendly, but they they must adhere to like certain metrics that the bank 
is <laughs> yeah oh, certain metrics the bank timing. puts out there yeah. in terms of the environmental sustainability of it mm. yeah and probably these people in I, I would still call them consultants for, mm-hmm. for the bank they would assess these um, companies and mm. look at their portfolios and review if it's sustainable in an mm-hmm. environmental sense yeah because if you can imagine let's say a construction company comes in and says, hey, we want to build this construction. Mm. Um, we want to develop this place. And yeah. then their plans don't factor into like sustainability, don't factor any environmental sustainability mm. features. How is it going to be, like how does it continue to bring in profit in the long term? Yeah. In terms like, because sustainability is a, it's an industry that is growing bigger and bigger yeah. and possibly everyone will be Looking into it. Yeah, looking into it in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if we don't factor into that, like we don't factor mm-hmm. that in our consideration, then we might, it, it might not be a feasible sort of investment for the yeah. bank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned about all the job prospects, some of the job prospects that you could encounter like, as an environmental mm-hmm. engineer. Correct. What are you doing right now? Because I know that you are doing an internship, right? Can, yeah. can you review your job scope? Like, what do you do? I can in briefly general? cover my job scope. So I won't reveal the company I'm working yeah. for, but the context to it is that I'm working at an integrated resort. So okay. basically an integrated resort encompasses possibly a hotel, shopping malls, convention centers mm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So within my job scope itself, I am with the team eh, the waste I am with the waste management team at okay. this place. Mm-hmm. And what we do is actually review the oh, flow of <laughs> <laughs> hopefully please don't come back please yeah, yeah. so I re- we review my team reviews the waste no <laughs> waste movement from yeah. uh, we all within within the property itself mm. so this can be either the hotel the shopping I guess shopping mall. malls yeah convention centers and whatnot mm. and they will kind of assess and see what can be implemented mm. and if whether or not consultants need to be brought on board to kind mm. of help the team further solve these problems. Yes. Okay. So I was wondering what are some ways to remove the waste? Like okay, from from what I can tell maybe it's just to collect them and then um, send it to what was it Pulau Semakau or something like yeah, that. Yeah, correct. Right? <laughs> yeah. So actually So is there's a landfill in Singapore, yeah, right? Yeah. It's one of the islands. Yeah. And it's projected to be filled up by twenty thirty five. So okay. a lot of like businesses or like at least corporate um so a lot of businesses mm. and government agencies are looking into ways to kind of like slow the mm. whole process down of being filled mm. up by twenty thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess in general, if we're talking about how to reduce waste, there really isn't a technique except awareness to mm-hmm. for people to like reduce waste. But what makes it kind of interesting here is that we're concerned with how we manage the waste. Mm. So a lot of the waste that ends up in the landfill can actually be recycled or mm-hmm. treated. So for example, food waste can be treated, whereas like plastic bottles or um, anything that's recyclable can be recycled Mm. so if we dump it all into the general waste all Mm. this will end up in the landfill but if we can 
properly segregate and manage these waste, there is potential to reduce our waste mm. that ends up in the landfill and at the same time recover any sort of important, recover any usable um, materials. Yeah, like. usable materials. Uh, so it's what recycle, reuse, and reduce. Yeah, sort right? of. Is yeah. there any other methods? Other to, methods like, that you learn right in environmental mm. engineering that could help reduce such waste. Reduce such or waste. remove like, I mean like, in a sense some, some would say burn right burn yeah. the waste but uh, that that might create more yeah, toxic gases right yeah so actually. Uh, with reducing waste, mm. there are several technologies out there right now, mm-hmm. um, especially within the realms of food waste. So, mm-hmm. food waste you can treat it using digesters or composters mm, or true. even yeah. insects. So, one technology that's up and coming right now is the insect technology using insect mm. to compose to actually consume your food mm. waste, and then they get fertilizer. They produce mm. fertilizers out from that, and this insects can actually be feed for can be food for like chickens mm. and all those kind of um, feed livestock yes livestock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, feed stocks yes. so yeah. oh that's very really interesting mm. now, is it possible to use food waste okay it's coming back <laughs> yeah. is it possible to use food waste as a fertilizer directly instead of using uh, an insect or something as an intermediate I think intermediary yeah yeah um there is possibilities to use like food waste directly if you're using it on small mm. scale mm. but obviously there still needs to be some sort of process to mm. first kick off the digestion part not so much the digestion but the composting part mm. like the anaero- an- anaero- anaerobic anaerobic yeah, yeah well, process quite strange right imagine the food waste is like okay. F- so uh, a lot of people throw vegetables. Let's say right. Yeah, then you put the vegetable back as a fertilizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine like the plant is actually oh. absorbing nutrients <laughs> from another plant? It's like the chicken and egg yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like you eat that the plant actually consumes another plant. Yes. To survive. Yeah. yeah. And it's a bit strange. It's like how you feed chicken, um, chicken meat. Or, or you get yes, me? Yes, yeah, yeah, like, like chicken or like you cook it's the It's like cannibalism, egg. you know? Yeah. But in an animal yeah. term. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Would you join your internship company, mm-hmm. right, as a full-time, as a full-timer in the future? I do, would, do you foresee yourself? I would definitely consider it. Mm. As of now, I'm still quite um, early into my mm. studies. I'm only... Going year three, yeah, right? going year three. So half there, half yeah, there, half I would there. potentially want to consider trying different industries first, mm. and I and I enjoy working at the uh, my current intern company. Mm. So definitely, it will be in my consideration for a full time job when I graduate. Yes. So what is the th- the another industry that you want to consider? I mean, you mentioned that you yes. want to consider. So is there any um a a list? You know, the number one, <laughs> the first one that you want to consider, like you really want to try it out. Mm, Doesn't I mean you will go for it, but you will try it out at least. Yes, okay. So right now, I think my job scope lies under the manager side mm. or like manager prospects. So um, that's in between the consultant and the firm, the yes, manager, right? Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah, and next what up I want to try is consulting. Mm. Yeah, being a consultant mm-hmm. and possibly... On the, I guess the last on my list would be a researcher. Mm. I'm not very big on studying, 
mm-hmm. or like furthering my studies later on. But I would definitely give it a shot. I mm. might actually join as a research assistant or mm. yeah, join any research to see if my interest lies in there. Okay, I I, I mean. Researching is quite interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very interesting, but I guess it really depends on who the person is. Yes. Yeah, some people really like studying or like mm. they're very academic. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like studying is a part of life, yeah, mm-hmm. but not so much everything about life. Yeah, I feel like mm. researchers are less sociable in a sense in the environment, in the working environment. You know, we don't really talk to each other as much as you talk to clients mm. when you go into the corporate world. Yeah, I, I would mm. say in a sense, yes. Mm. But I guess the specialization is just very different in mm-hmm. a sense that res- researchers are very specialized with like their skills correct, correct. in the lab. Or else maybe the corporate corporate, yeah, yeah. corporate side roles, they are they need to kind of like interact. Yeah, interact with different stakeholders. And that's their and job scope. Yeah, yeah correct. Exactly. So, uh, if you can turn back time, right, mm-hmm. would you want to take up the same journey? Because I'm sure a lot of freshmen coming in or um, those who are planning to take environmental engineering, right, would always want to look at this side of the picture. Mm. As in, in, from your perspective, like, like, what do you think, do you regret coming into it? Right, okay, I wouldn't say I regret coming mm. in and by the looks of it I don't think or at least I wouldn't know whether mm. anyone regrets going yeah. to environmental engineering yeah so actually for me mm. I did a semester in mm-hmm. chemical engineering but not with NUS I did it in Malaysia mm-hmm. and then I transferred to NUS to mm. come into environmental engineering but I would say in as a whole, I wouldn't regret engineering, um, pursuing engineering as a course mm-hmm. just because I feel a lot of the skills that we learned here and how we approach problems, there is a very engineer-like way of doing things mm. and it's very useful whether or not you... Like a systematic if, way, is it? Yes, correct. Even if you pursue a career later on that is not related to engineering, yeah. it's very useful to have this like way of thinking yes. or school of thought mm. in a yeah school of thought to kind of like approach any sort of problem yes, so yes. i wouldn't say that i particularly regret going to engineering mm-hmm. but if i had a choice to choose a different course knowing my different passions right now i might have chosen differently so what would you choose uh, what would i choose <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question so i think i would choose possibly like computer science or oh, really? a business, yeah, or oh, wow. business um, sort of degree, mm. yeah. So a lot of my passion right now lies in entrepreneurship mm. and also yeah. using technology. You mentioned you wanted yeah. to start a bakery. Bakery? No, you wanted to start something. I remember yeah. you wanted to start, <laughs> and then you wanted to use your YouTube as a yeah, platform correct. as well, right? Yes, correct. Yes, in the so. Future. Oh yeah, you know, you weren't sure yet yeah. at that point in time, yes. Yeah, so I'm very interested in entrepreneurship mm. and using technology. Mm. And I would say I'm still interested in environmental sustainability mm-hmm. and all that green talk about um, environment. Yeah, it's yes. important, it's important. Mm-hmm. So I would ideally want to use technology mm-hmm. to uh, help like aid these processes that are that are f- like fundamental to conserving the I mean, pre- preserving the environment, mm. yeah. And mm, I would really like to use technology. So I think having skills within like 
um, like development skills or like computer science skills would be very helpful mm. in that. And also business would promote like um, entrepreneurship sense and like equip me with the skills that I yeah, need yeah. to potentially have to start doing, like start a business. Yeah. But with that being said, it's not that engineering cannot provide me mm. this opportunity. So actually the next thing that I want to cover is how NUS has a lot of opportunities yeah. in a sense that you can hone or develop any of your interests, your passions with yeah. the CCAs that they provide. The oh, that will be your YouTube channel, is it? I don't, oh, oh no. no, no, no. As in, yeah, as in whether or not I regretted. So, okay, um, yeah. yeah, whether or not I regretted mm -hmm. can sort of be looked at at two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. One is the course that I chose and then one is actually coming to Singapore itself. Yeah. Yeah. So... I guess those are the soft skills, right? You're talking about... Which one? The Singapore yeah, one? Yeah, the Singapore... Um, I wouldn't say so much the soft skills, but for me, I was like quite apprehensive about coming to Singapore. Mm. So, so okay, so mm. um, a background of her, I think she came to Singapore when just for university, right? Yes, just correct. For university. Yes. So it was like two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as compared to like um, most of the okay, not most like maybe like Every. at least half of it, half of the international students are already here for quite quite a while. A while, yeah, yeah, correct. So was it a challenging time coming? to Singapore alone I, I wouldn't say it's a challenging time just because I have had experience living by myself mm -hmm. but in Malaysia of mm. course not <laughs> overseas <laughs> yeah but for me what I thought about studying overseas mm. is like being exposed to a very a completely different culture yeah, yeah. yeah so I in my opinion I thought that Singapore and Malaysia were very similar in terms of culture yeah, yeah. and I didn't want to leave my comfort zone just to come and experience something so similar to Malaysia mm. when I can experience that in Malaysia. Mm. But I was glad that I was very wrong because mm. while Malaysia and Singapore are similar, there's actually a lot of differences um, <laughs> in terms of culture. And I'm yes. still quite surprised by how different both countries are. So, so what, what is one key difference that you encountered what do you think is one drastic change drastic. there there really isn't very much like drastic things mm -hmm. that the can, best subtle things eh? yeah it's the subtle things that slowly kind of build up mm. so i really like the um public transport in singapore yeah. and how <laughs> yes. accessible yes. you can never find this in malaysia, malaysia. Yes. yeah and I think in Malaysia, we have to get around by car a lot. Yes, yes. So right. when I first, I mean, when I'm around in Singapore, I actually really enjoy taking the public transport mm. because I feel I can go anywhere. And yeah, do you, they, 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 there's a saying say, that goes, um, you will not get lost in Singapore. Yeah, right? correct. There, there's this saying. <laughs> yeah, and I think also in Malaysia, we always, whenever we want to go to place we mm. either like search up the name of the place mm. or we search up the specific um, location, yeah. the name of the restaurant. And it tells you the yeah, correct. direction, right? Yeah, but in Singapore, we can actually use postcode, postal yeah. code, which I found it was very, very interesting. Yes, correct, correct. And it leads you exactly to the place. Exactly. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. Yeah, so using like postcode in Malaysia, it's so big it's a, that yeah, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't even end up at the specific location. Mm, so mm. that's one very interesting thing yeah. that I discovered in Singapore. I would correct. say in terms of the food, um, the I realized like Singapore food is like on a sweeter side yes, compared yes. To, <laughs> to Malaysia. Yeah, so I agree, I agree. <laughs> like the Singapore chocolate, right? Yeah. It's sweet. 
Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, so it I got quite confused. It's right. not that it's not as nice or anything, mm. but it's like a different... A different yeah. Like, I, sometimes I want char kway teow, but I want the, like, um, the, the Salty, saltier yeah. one because yeah. I want to like, you know, sometimes you just want to try, you just want to remember how it feels like. Yeah, back home. Back you know? home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one interesting, one interesting thing about Malaysia, right, is that do you realize that there is no train outside of KL? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Selangor there is lah. I mean, Selangor and KL are next to each other, mm. but they are developing in Selangor. But in other states, Johor, mm-hmm. the only train I guess it would be Singapore to Johor train, right? Yeah, correct. I, I don't think there are other trains elsewhere yeah. other than KL and Selangor mm. yeah which is quite interesting uh, that in so how do you travel around in Malacca or yeah, that's where you come from right yeah. she, she's from Malacca so um, where do you tra- how do you travel in Penang or everything requires a, a car like, yeah a car co- or yeah, correct, bus exactly. yeah so it's I would say it's less accessible in terms mm. of using public transport and it's very difficult to go Malaysia. out to hang out with your friends if yeah. you do have a car it is. You yeah. have to. You have to fight with your parents. It's not fight like You have to fight for the car. Yeah, you have with to your fight parents. for the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's a, a, many of the places are not accessible like by walking distance. Mm, mm. So even in Singapore, if let's say you don't want to take the public transport, you can walk. Like, yeah, you can minutes. walk. Yeah, definitely. So and if it's, it's under the shelter. Mm, that's they, the important They have thing. a lot of like sheltered yes, walkways. That's something mm-hmm. I realize. Yeah, other things mm. about. Singapore would yes. be there's like different I guess actions that mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally kind of um get in Malaysia. So one is the chop culture in <laughs> Singapore. So if you if you were to like just leave a packet of tissue yeah. in Malaysia, nobody really cares. You just po- yeah. probably like throw it aside yes. and they'll still sit on the table. But I guess it's like a universal like rule, rule in, in Singapore. Singapore if you see something on the table you're not supposed to go and yeah. sit there and I would say Singapore's also relatively safe in a sense mm. so I've seen people not only leave tissues they leave like, like phones yeah, wallets on the table yeah, yeah belongings I, I that are actually very valuable on mm. the table and nothing happens to them in yeah not that we should lah, but yeah. it's just <laughs> uh, how Singapore works I, I mean Usually, people take all of this for granted, but I feel like it is very important mm-hmm. to to respect, like yes, correct, yeah, other people's, people's belongings. Prim- yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But mm. okay, coming back to the question, right? Mm. So you are saying how Singapore actually, you you didn't regret coming into environmental engineering, especially NUS or Singapore's environmental engineering, because you were saying yeah. that how Singapore has helped you, right? In, mm. So in what way? I would say definitely, firstly, as an international student. Mm. It helped me become more imp- independent mm-hmm. because I'm living alone and I have to do things alone. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I think the work ethics here and the rigor of the students, mm-hmm. they have very good cult- um they have very good work ethics. Mm-hmm. And because of their individual work ethics, they build a like a community or culture where mm-hmm. everyone sort of it's like a unspoken rule. Not so much rule, but like an unspoken okay. Wait. It is it, it becomes like a norm within mm-hmm. the community to have good work ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um definitely that's one of it. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, I would say that NUS environmental engineering is very recognized around the world. Mm-hmm. And NUS itself as a school is a very prestigious institution. It opens up a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. in a sense for job prospects or even like co-curricular activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that has really helped in yeah. a sense. Yeah, and I guess also coming from NUS, it opens up a lot of opportunities in terms of helping other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
I know a lot, especially from my YouTube channel, a lot of people aspire or have the dream of coming to NUS to study. Yeah. Yeah. And coming from or having experienced the culture, the lifestyle in NUS, I feel like it opens up an opportunity for me to help other students who might potentially want yeah, to come here. Well, coming back to the question about, about environmental engineering. Mm-hmm. So how did you study for environmental engineering? Because from what I heard from the civil engineering podcast, right? Mm-hmm. The, my, my guests, they mentioned that they have like passive papers to do. Mm-hmm. And they, so most of them just practice the passive papers mm-hmm. to do well in or do relatively well. Uh, not like very, very studies. good, but at least it helped in their mm-hmm. studies. Exactly. Mm, correct. But for life sciences, we don't really have passive papers. papers. Exactly. Mm. So what, what about environmental engineering? Is it true? I guess for environmental engineering, it really depends on the module that you're taking. Mm. So some modules have passive papers mm-hmm. and some don't. Mm. I would say as a rule of thumb, if you have passive papers, yeah, definitely do. do that. Yeah. It, it's very, very helpful. But for modules that don't have passive papers, mm. um, you would, I guess you really have to understand the concept then mm. because you can't just practice similar style questions correct, correct. and then hope that the exam comes out with like yeah. somewhat similar questions mm. because we don't have the past year papers. Mm-hmm. So with that, you kind of have to put in a lot of effort when you study for the module itself. So how, how do you do that? How do I do that? Yeah. I would say I'm not a, a very big... Uh, I would say I'm not <laughs> the best person to come to for studying advice, but mm. I can comment on what not to do. <laughs> yeah, okay, that would be good as well. <laughs> yeah, so firstly, don't just read your lecture notes exactly, and yes. memorize them, thinking that that's going to be what's... like. That's going to be the assessment of the module because oftentimes what's in the lecture notes is mm. the concept. Mm-hmm. You the lecturer would probably want you to apply it or yeah. like yeah, apply it in like questions rather than copying the exact thing he he or she yes, like word put forward, yeah right. in the lecture notes. So yes. there's really no use in just memorizing the lecture yeah, notes. So there's no use to uh just reread your lecture notes as well. Yeah, right? correct. So, because it is, I feel like it's, um, that there's, there's nothing much uh, as compared to a passive paper. Passive paper helps you to apply it. Yes, correct. And, Application and, uh, is key. Yes, correct. Mm. And you piece all of the information, you see how whatever the lecturer taught in the lecture or in, uh, in the slides, right? You can see how it is applied in, into passive, into passive papers correct. and in and also applied with other concepts as well mm, right? integrating the other concepts yeah together yeah definitely so um one strategy you can do is do active learning mm-hmm. so asking yourself questions um or even go one step further yeah. there's actually a lot of resources online right now mm. especially if you are doing a like a topic or a module that mm is also being done somewhere else yes, you yes, can yes. look look up for sample questions Correct. for that specific topic or for that specific module so even if you don't have past year paper you can take the initiative to, to go, go up, search yeah, it up. Yeah, to go I, and find mm. I actually covered that in um, episode 2 yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah. but there was I, I didn't know that environmental engineering um, has similar uh, approach approach to, yeah. yeah exactly because Correct. I'm not from similar um, environmental engineering mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay, so yes what else not to do what else not to do i would say um 
even if you do have like past year papers, mm. you don't. Even if you do have past past year papers mm-hmm. or ten year series, it is good to practice on them. But again, don't solely re- rely on mm. whatever you see on a past year paper because the lecturers can tweak it such that it it's not going to be similar anymore. Mm. So it, as a rule of thumb, it's always good to understand the fundamental concepts Correct. that are being taught. Yeah, and with that, I think it would be. Um, you would be a sa- it would be a mm. safe bet rather mm-hmm. than just relying on past year papers because I know a lot of I would say like secondary education mm. or even pre like pre university education a lot of it relies on using past year papers or ten year mm, series yes. to kind of um, solidify your understanding but yeah just be very mindful of that when you mm. are studying. Um, a degree or in your tertiary education because yeah. it is a different sort of ball game now. Correct. And another thing that you can do, so this is what you can you do. You can do, okay. Yeah, um, and I think it's very, very helpful. I've seen a lot of my friends who are, I guess, Doing the higher well. achieving yeah. ones. What they always do is they review the lecture notes before and after mm. The lecture itself on the day itself. Yes, after as in on the day itself, most. Yeah, correct. Probably, yeah. So first, uh, why they review before is to look out for any things that they need to, kind clarify. of, yeah, clarify and focus during the lecture. Mm. So maybe, like for example, with a two-hour lecture, you might not have the capacity to, like, stay focused throughout. Mm. So if you review it before, you at least you know yeah, rough you, idea, right? Yeah, you identify the concepts that mm. you might not understand and during those concepts you can pay more attention to yeah. yeah but if let's say you don't review then you lose focus it's like you you can't even yes, identify can't even yes up. correct and why they review after is to make sure like those concepts that they've identified mm. they are not very sure like they understand otherwise yeah. they can immediately ask the right. lecturer and it, the lecturer would still be you know in the mind in the mindset that it's still the same topic rather mm. than you move on to maybe like topic four, five, six mm-hmm. and then suddenly you go back and ask about topic one which yeah. is very out of the blue. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So um, before coming to the end of the podcast, right, the episode, mm-hmm. um, do you want to say anything to the listeners out there? Like what is one advice you would give? To prospective students or yeah. like people who want to come here? I would say... Why not both, right? Prospective <laughs> and the people who are thinking Interest. of environmental engineering. Right. I would say... Um, okay, one advice I would give to people who want to pursue environmental engineering mm. is to do your research mm. and learn more about the course and possibly, like, if you have the opportunity, go and intern or work part-time at least for different firms or whatsoever that might mm. be applicable and see if that's something you might be interested to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, so you have to identify because if let's say it's not within your passion and you just come in for the sake of studying or pursuing a degree, Mm. which a lot of people, I feel in my opinion, not just environmental engineering, but in general, all all sorts of degrees, they Mm -hmm. jump into it because for the sake of studying rather than because they have identified it as their passion. So the ones that do really well are the ones who have already... They know what they want. Yeah, really narrowed it down and set in like set in yeah set in stone that this is what they really want Mm. to pursue so those are the ones that do really well in their degree Mm. whereas for those who are like hovering here and there and not very sure about what they want they Mm -hmm. 
tend to um, lose focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. So definitely do your research first and I guess bro- broaden yeah. your yeah, broaden your understanding about the course that you want to pursue. Yeah, so that is to the prospective eh no that is to the the people, people who, who are coming yeah coming to, to environmental engineering. So mm-hmm. what about um those who are already in, like maybe the freshman, like they already Fresh. got in the got the offer. Okay. So what what would you give? Well, what advice I would give um, for those people who are already in university, mm. I would say don't limit yourself just to studying mm. or just focusing on studying. Like definitely that's your main priority, but there's a lot of things that you can look into, mm-hmm. especially when you're in university. So um, I would say university is like a kind of like a place where you discover yourself. Correct. So whether it is through like co-curricular activities or like, programs mm-hmm. or even you know hall activities and whatnot right just let yourself um wait. okay um keep an open mind be mm-hmm. curious explore and have fun yeah, yeah. so there is i mean while there is, while studies are very important there mm-hmm. is really more to that you shouldn't just limit yourself to the structure um, that you have to you don't have to limit yourself to the social norm that you have to do very well in your studies mm-hmm. you can just do your best I think the the important thing is to do your best in everything you, that you do mm. so whether it's studies or co-curricular activities um, definitely hone any like passion or skills that you have because mm. I think that would be very very useful yeah. um, whether it's related to your course or not if it's it will be useful just in your like life overall in yeah, yes exactly general life mm. I feel like you shouldn't um, be too focused on like for example building up your resume correct um, and also like, or like collecting your cap I mean like yes. making sure your cap is very high I, while, yeah. while, while that is important I'm not going to like dismiss it yeah. or like downplay how important your resume your mm-hmm. cap is but there is really more to life than just those so, numbers yeah. yeah it depends really depends on what you prioritize mm. right you, some right. people prioritize the studies. Some people prioritize um, s- social life. Some people yeah. prioritize to development, develop themselves as a whole yes, instead correct. of specifically in that field. Correct. Yeah. So if, before you come into uni, please uh, set your standards. Uh, you know, set your yeah. expectations. What you really want. Yeah. Like evaluate your. I guess while you cannot like plan for the future, mm. but at least create sort of like a framework mm-hmm. you would like to follow um, so that you can have the desired life um, obviously you cannot like you cannot plan so well yeah, that correct. you that is going to be ha- what happens in like five yes. ten years but at least you have the general direction that yes, you're moving correct. into okay so um before we end don't forget to check out sure ventures right there we see her dot